0: At Woodside Bible Church, we gather each week to pursue God by studying His Word together. Today, we invite you to look deeper into 1 Peter, tuning into our current series, Unshakable: Steadfast Hope in an Unpredictable World. Join us as we allow God's Word to shape us and renew our hope with the brilliant truth of the gospel. And it's just perfect, perfect example of 1 Peter chapter 2. Would you turn there please, 1 Peter chapter 2. We're in this series um, of the first two chapters of Peter, very timely, from a lot of, a, a lot of um, perspectives as we had, what are we, a few days out from the election, a national election that a lot of people are very anxious about. Um, Peter speaks almost directly to that where you think, wow, did he, did he know? Did he know what was going to happen in, in 2020? Well, the Spirit of God did. And so he's given us his timely and timeless Word of God that it continues to be relevant today. But he also knew that he be here on this day and give us a beautiful example of the of the fleshing out of these two verses we're going to look at briefly today. 1 Peter chapter 2. Just before we read, I want to remind you of last Sunday. Last Sunday we ended our time together as we looked at our identity in Christ of being a chosen people, of being a royal priesthood, a precious possession of God, so that we would proclaim his excellencies to the world, right? You remember that? And we likened it to kind of the bonfire scene where we come together as a corporate body, as the church, because Peter was writing to the church, it's like we come together and we kind of stir the coals because they can kind of, kind of simmer down over time. So we come together to stir the coals and maybe fan the flame and put another log in the fire because the fire needs to roar. And so our gathering together is to roar the fire. But it's not simply so we can be warmed and filled ourselves is so that being filled with the glory of God, we can then take our torch, which is now lit brightly, and go into the darkness and share his truth with others. Because there's so many people that need Jesus. And so Peter reminds us of our identity so we can proclaim the excellencies or the praises of God to our world. Well, if you've carried around a burning stick or a torch, you know that there's something that tends to happen. That, that burning stick tends to die down itself, right? So how do you keep that stick burning? You know, during the times that you're connecting together, how do you, how do you make sure that your light continues to shine because people desperately need Jesus. And, and Peter writes towards that in these next two verses, recognizing how important it is that we continue to proclaim the excellencies of Jesus. So look with me at verse, verse 11. He says, Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh which wage war against your soul and keep your conduct among the Gentiles, Gentiles honorable, so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. You see it? You see Peter's saying, yeah, it's so important that you keep your, your flame burning bright, so let me encourage you in a couple of things. First of all, he says, we need to wage war on the battle within. Peter understands, being a follower of Jesus and being a human, facing the same temptations and allurements we do, how easy it is for for the longings of our heart to actually cause the diminished flame of our witness. He says there's a battle within that we need to wage war against. It's interesting. He uses another term of endearment as he begins. It's that term, beloved. And I think it's worth thinking about that and and kind of meditating on that for a moment. Do you realize that that's, that's how the Spirit of God refers to you as beloved? so right, Mary. Thank you, God, that He says to you, you're my beloved. In spite of your failures and whatever the world would say is your status, However unimportant culture says you are, God says actually you're beloved. When he says beloved, who is he, who is he saying is loving? I don't think he's saying I love you so much. I think he's saying those of you who are beloved by God. Why do I say that? Because of what he just said. You're chosen and precious and royal. You're his. So being so beloved, and he has something to say. It's like a parent... Bring in a child and say, Honey, listen. The the term seems to call for us to open our ears because this is desperately important for us to hear. You're not in trouble. You're not about to get smacked. No, you're about to get hugged because... God has this beautiful message for you and a warning to you because of his love for you. Beloved, he says, I urge you because of who you are to beware, to abstain from the passions of the flesh. And really this begins a whole new section in in the book of 1 Peter that you pretty much can trace almost to the end of the letter where he's addressing this tendency for us to to turn our hearts towards the things of this world. He's referring to distractions, you know, things that aren't necessarily bad, they're just not best. He's also referring to things that are destructive. So it could be distractions, it could be destructions, but it's things that will rob us from the fervor of our flame that God desires to rage in our life. It's speaking of hungers, all right? We all have them. We, of course, we have hungers of the stomach, right? I mean, we get hungry, but especially about now, getting towards 11 o'clock. He ate a little earlier. Some of you might have went to breakfast just before he came here so you don't know what we're talking about. Some of you were here at six o'clock this morning. So you're getting hungry. So you, you know that, but we also know there's all types of hunger. There's, There is hunger of the flesh that says, actually, it's the things that I can put in my hand. That's what I long for. In fact, our culture presents that call to us, right? In fact, it gives us an online platform to satisfy it. One click, you can order whatever you want, right? Anybody have one click setting on your Amazon account? Don't. (laughs) Don't Don't let your kids have that. Right, but it's just so easy. And what feeds that hunger as well, a lot of it is what everybody else has. It might be an advertisement or it might be a neighbor with something. And every culture, every community seems to have that hunger for things. It might be, a, it might be the boat or a bigger boat. It might be a car, or a nicer car, or a truck. It might be a home or a size of a home. It might be the cottage. It might be a location. It's, but it's things that we can hunger for. And Peter is helping the, the sojourners and exiles understand that actually if that becomes your focus, it's going to rob you of passion for Jesus. In fact, it's kind of what Jesus said. Don't lay out for yourselves treasures on earth. The stuff that moths can eat away or thieves can steal, those things, because beware of that. Don't make them your treasures because if it does, that's where your heart will go and your heart will, will pull away from the kingdom of God. So it could be hunger for things. It could be a hunger for acknowledgement, pride. And respect can be so distracting to the kingdom of God. When that becomes your desire, I've heard several people say, you know, I just they're treating me like a slave. Well, you we want to be a servant. And so, so we kind of live with that thought of, yeah, I'm willing to serve. I just don't want to be treated like... Somebody's there to serve, right? Treat me with respect. But, but so many times when that becomes our longing, we lose sight of our purpose and our focus so that drive for respect can rob us of ministry. And have you noticed how when we begin to lash back, when people disrespect us, of how that slams the door to future ministry in that person's life? You notice that? Somebody speaks bad against you, so you speak bad against them, suddenly you realize, there's no way I can share the gospel now. Peter says there's something so much more important than being respected. Because the reality is you are, because he says you are beloved. You're royal. You're chosen. You're precious. So affirmation should be sought from the one whose opinion truly matters. And if that's where your hunger is, then your flame will burn brightly. So Paul calls us to beware of the passions of our flesh. The drive for sexual satisfaction is is key and almost king in our culture. And we look for any ways to satisfy that. And we kind of justify it because if I have a hunger for it, shouldn't shouldn't I be allowed to go after it? And Peter says, it's going to rob you. It's going to rob you of future ministry. It's going to rob you of attention um, in the the kingdom. It's going to rob you of that that, uh, platform for ministry. The the passions of the flesh promise to satisfy, but they truly starve. I mean, think think of Amy as as a great example where she serves in this city that she described in the Middle East. Think of what she doesn't have that we are so hungry in our culture for. In fact, one of the dangers of home ministry assignment is coming back and seeing what everyone has and what you haven't had and the thought of then going back into that region where you don't have. And so Amy, I guarantee she has to guard her heart from ambitions for things that don't matter beyond beyond this life. Think of how many people probably have said no to the calling of their of their of their God and their life because they didn't want to miss out on the things of this world. Let's not be named among them. Let's not that, let that be describing us. I'm unwilling to. Sacrifice security and financial security to pursue a calling of God. Let's not, uh, Peter says, beloved, there's something more important than the things that this world can offer you. We, years ago, traveled to Liberia for the adoption of the girls, and um, we knew that we would have to win friends while there, especially two of them. Um, and so we put in our bags... Um, some hard candy. You can't bring chocolate, right, to 100-degree Liberia. That won't last long, but hard candy should survive. And, and we were able to see, of course, the orphanage where the kids were, and then we, we visited into some what they called displacement camps. These were refugee camps. Uh, during the 10-year civil war in Liberia, thousands of people had to escape uh, the, the war, and the United Nations uh, built these horrific camps for them to live in and so we visited them and when we did we brought that candy with us we see kids you know every, every kid loves candy right but it was pretty surprising to me to see how those kids didn't really want the hard candy we'd offer it to them and, and almost felt a little offended that they didn't want it but well what's the deal am I that ugly I mean like no, no answer please um then I learned that hard candy was often used to cloak the starvation pains in their stomachs as kids. And so they didn't have food for their kids, and so, but they did have these penny candies to give to them and it would take away that hunger pain for a while. So why would they want candy for me? What do they want? They needed food. And God must look at our American culture, Christianity, and and think, why do you think the candy is going to satisfy? It's just cloaking a spiritual hunger that's in your heart. It's not hard candy. That's what our culture is so able to give. Where God is able to give nutrition. He says, I'm the bread of life. that eats of me and drinks of my blood can truly be alive. And Peter hears Jesus give that description. And now Jesus went to the Father. Peter's given that call to now be a witness to the world. So he says to the world everything Jesus said to him. It's not the the hungers of the flesh. That's not going to satisfy. It's the food of the kingdom. It'll, it'll, It'll rob you of witness if you're passionate about the things that this world offers. But then secondly, he said there's also a battle on the outside. Verse 12, he says, Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable. Gentiles is another word for those that don't love God. They don't know God. These are the pagans. They haven't had their eyes of their heart open to the things of, of eternal life. Keep your lifestyle or your behavior honorable in front of them so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of his visitation to them. Again, remember this is Peter. He was one of the 12. He was there when Jesus, on the Sermon on the Mount, spoke those beautiful words to the disciples when Jesus said, so let your light shine before men so they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who's in heaven. Paul writes similar words when he says, you have been saved for good works, which God prepared for you to do before the foundation of the world. That Jesus was the light of the world. He came into the darkness. The darkness did not comprehend Him. They rejected Him. He was scorned and He was mocked. Some even called Him, not only evildoers, they called Him demon-possessed. They called your Jesus demon-possessed and they believed it so deeply that they crucified him hung him on a cross to die but in the end we see that every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is lord that John was given the vision to see who the, the scroll and who is worthy to open the scroll because we're all evil. Well, Jesus was called evil, but actually Jesus is the only one worthy to come and open that scroll. So so Jesus experienced exactly what Peter was, was saying here. Jesus lived a life honorably among the pagans. And they spoke evil of him. But when God visits, they will have to say, He's exactly who he said he was. He's not a liar he's not a lunatic, he is Lord. And Peter says that needs to be our call. That to live a life in a way so that in the end, when God visits, when the Holy Spirit's conviction comes, you become a part of the evidence that his words are true. That you give credibility to the gospel, to the claims of Jesus. Because can, can we admit readily that we'll be evil spoken of? In fact, if you read the media today, read the, the news, you find that if you truly are a person that's committed to the scriptures, you are categorized as a bigot, as a, a radicalist, as oppressive, Right? That's, that, that's the category in. If you're really going to believe this word, that this is relevant for us today, that this is true and reliable, that the words of Jesus and the teachings of the apostles is, is for today, that's who you will be called. That's what you'll be called. That's how you'll be described. Let's, let's just accept that. Right? And Peter says, so here's what you do. You live your life Honorably, not, not kicking back when people call you something. That's, that's not what's going to convince them. No, it's your honorable behavior. So when the Spirit of God visits, people will be convinced because they'll have to re- realize and they have to admit that yeah, yeah, but what they say is true. And they did love people. And and they're not out for their out for the buck. But they're there to serve so. I must listen to what they have to say. So Peter gives this incredible pattern for our life that we may be misrepresented, we may be misinterpreted, we may be aligned, but his call on us is to continue to live a life in God's scheme as honorable, honorable to God, glorifying God, giving the right opinion of who he is. here's the thing uh, brothers and sisters the Christian life is not a sprint maybe we look back on last week and we think I'm doomed because this is not how I lived." here's the cool thing every day his mercies are new every day and he says confess that sin and forsake it and God will be faithful to forgive you and now you've got a whole new day to minister whole new day to serve you can't care for the past. Paul says, I put those things behind me. There's things I regret, but I can't let that define me. What defines me is what God has to say about me and the call that he's placed on my life. So I move forward. My neighbors might have heard me speak poorly towards them. Last time they threw their leaves on my lawn, but I'm, I have to move forward and now maybe that house party. Amy, what a great example. You know, we talk about how we have, to, we have to give each other ideas. What about having somebody over for dinner? That's incredible. What a great idea. And Amy's like, um, that's how you roll as a Christian. <laughs> that's what we do. The hospitality table is given to us so that we can build relationships. Again, building bridges of love strong enough to carry the weight of the gospel. And so we love generously and we live rightly so that people will glorify God when he visits. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you so much for the way that you continue to call us into your mission. I know, Lord, there are days that we... Maybe we're thinking of this and, and, and we follow the path, Lord, that you've etched for us and we lay our head on our pillow and, and rejoice that we felt like we were walking in the spirit. And there's plenty of days where we, where we know we failed. And so, Lord, may you continue to turn our hearts towards your kingdom more and more faithfully. May we have more days, Lord, through the power of the Holy Spirit that lives within us surrendering ourselves to you and your strength so that your glory can be revealed in us. Lord, would you just fan the flame of our hearts? Would you cause your light that you've placed in us, Lord, to shine brightly? Thank you for giving us time around the bonfire today. And Lord, we do commit ourselves to taking that torch into the world. I pray we would do nothing on our accord that would dim that flame. But Lord, may we carry it confidently knowing that you are alive and well, you're working, you're drawing people to yourself. We rejoice in that, Lord. Hear us as we sing and as we think of these words. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us as we study God's word together. We would love to hear how God is moving in your heart and get you connected into the Woodside Bible Church family. Head to woodsidebible.org slash connect to introduce yourself to us today.